All right, good afternoon. Today we welcome Alicia Dix, the President and CEO of the Community Foundation of Herkimer and Oneida Counties, which is kind of a mouthful, but that's because <laughs> you guys have a big task. Um, so welcome, Alicia. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We're very excited to be your first podcast. Yes, my very first. It's really great to have you here. We've been wanting to have you on for a long time, and you know, it's uh, it's been busy season, of course, with the holidays and stuff but we're real glad to have you in now it's a good way to start the new year it's i was just going to say that (laughs) absolutely absolutely and you know alicia you and i have talked you have such a busy role um with with leading the community foundation and one of the phrases i've seen you know in some of the literature online is the idea of creating a big social impact so can you talk a little bit more about that role of the community foundation in the community and, and what that means to create that social impact It really means that we have to work collaboratively with all of our partners, uh, nonprofits, residents, for-profit, government, to help shepherd, you know, new ways of living, working, playing, Mm -hmm. uh, so that we're all living in a vibrant community, um, accessible, and uh, all taking part in um, the new economy that's rising here, um, and and getting needs met. So Mm -hmm. it, it, it. It is a busy role, but it's busy for everybody. I right. don't think anybody I've met in, in my journey here at, in the last eight years um, isn't working really hard and, and trying to do the best work they can to mm-hmm. meet their mission. It is an interesting part of, in being of this community, and you really see it, is how much energy and um, drive people have for the end goal to really see Utica back to the olden days or back to an even better place than it it had been previously. How do you work with those different types of um, people? Because there's so many different players. (laughs) You know, people might want a business or the nonprofits Mm want to be involved or, you know, um, the community at large wants to be, you know, um, part of it or hear about how things are (laughs) are going and progressing. How How do you manage that? I think the beauty of a community foundation is we can take a a high level view of all of our communities, opportunities and challenges and look at at that collective fabric of opportunity and challenge Mm -hmm. and say, where can we focus some of our resources, time, energy, leadership to um, move the needle on certain things or support certain infrastructures. So most individuals are dealing with a specific mission or or groups right or um or tasks or startups or you know whatever Mm -hmm. it is our uh, residents are into we we take that overall comprehensive view shed and say all right where are the priorities you know um evolving Mm because they're ever evolving right we're not static yeah um and how if can we and how can we mm-hmm. once we you know answer the first question is can we right. support um, and then how can we provide that support and sustainability of what you do put into place right and the changes that you make so it's not forgotten or that it's not you know evaluated or reevaluated for its own you know t- should there be additional things that have to be done you know how do you how do you do that I think that we have changed our operating model, um, and I hate to kind of be terse about this, mm-hmm. but 
foundations like ours, and, and there are hundreds around the country, community foundations are, are prevalent in almost every community, every city or region. Um, but they're grant makers. Mm -hmm. they, they react to grant applications or needs that are being asked of them. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a rich and robust history of grant making, you know, 70 years sure. is our anniversary this year. Wow. And we did good work. Uh, almost $100 million of investment has gone out oh into this community, you know, from generous donors from our own community mm -hmm. and beyond who said, this is an important place. This is right. a place I want to invest. So we've been so fortunate yeah. um, to build that endowment and to have those dollars available. But when we look at the health and well-being and vibrancy of our community, mm -hmm. you know, the the equation didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So $100 million of investment, yet all of these health determinants are not healthy. Mm, um, right. Graduation rates in certain areas were not strong enough. Um, obesity rates, lead poisoning, mm. uh, poverty rates, mm -hmm. you know, the, the list is not, you know, if a donor from 1950 were standing in Utica today, yeah. they might really not recognize what they see. Wow. Right. And it's not that we want to go back, we mm -hmm. want to go forward. Yeah. But we, as I said earlier, want to make sure that we're lifting the entire network of our community. Right. And that is complicated. And right. we're going to make mistakes. And mm -hmm. we're going to learn from those mistakes. And I think to kind of really answer the question is we're constantly listening. We're constantly learning. Mm -hmm. How do we adapt our work uh, and then evaluate and adapt again? Right. So we're not just doing static grant making because yeah. we don't really feel that was... It was beneficial, but it, it wasn't moving that overall needle of health right. and it's, well-being. It sounds like almost that model was limiting in some ways because you couldn't harness that power of collaboration that you talk about yeah. you know, so much and so frequently in that communication, which is so important. If you can't fully comprehend the story, to your point, someone comes to you, they see a very finite piece of the puzzle. And because of your worldview, you're able to see so much more. So, And sometimes that doesn't work. You mm -hmm. know, we, we still fund. We still mm -hmm. have, you know, I, I hate to say grant making, but we still do grant making mm -hmm. um, because that's, you know, the industry that we're in hasn't really changed in over 100 years. Mm -hmm. So like all the other industries around us, um, we haven't kind of gotten out of the grant making mindset. Sure. So we, we call it investing. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, a nonprofit or a partner comes to us and they need money and we can find it and it's great, you know, we, we fulfill it. Right. But if we see an opportunity for a partnership or mm -hmm. a collaboration that might enhance or, or accelerate their work or mm -hmm. expand the outcome to the, those, the clients that they're uh, serving, you know, those are the types of things we are able to right. to try to work through. And sometimes we're really successful and sometimes, right. you know, we all learn and yeah. hopefully do a little bit better. You know, speaking of that, you have this fantastic team behind you, and I've been privileged to meet quite a few of them. How important is that in terms of being able to accomplish that mission? And, and how do you find these individuals? Because they, <laughs> every one of them that I've met, I'm like, wow, that's an impressive person. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, board. I'm mm -hmm. really, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I think from... The entire communicate or the the entire organization from the board members to our team, that is my most proud accomplishment. Oh great! Um, is is building that over time mm -hmm. and doing it in partnership. Um, we really need a high skilled, high talented, high performing team, and to to have that culture 
in in such a small setup mm -hmm. i mean it, it's harder to do that than versus a, a corporate right. setup because you've got a lot of infrastructure to support that high performing culture so we really have a, a, you know to have the word team and that collaborative mm -hmm. model that we're so externally focused is definitely internally focused we're leaning on each other we're learning from each other but we're depending on each other mm -hmm. to do the pieces of work that we're all hired to do but we cross train cross discipline um, a lot of accountability and responsibility to the work, but most importantly, a commitment to the vision, which is, you know, better community, right? right. Um, a, uh, you know, our, I don't know if I have to read off all the, the stuff on our website about, <laughs> um, you know, a vibrant community with yeah. opportunity for all, which really, I think everybody in our organization, and especially our board, um, kind, of, kind of repeat that, right. you know, and, and live by it. Almost a mantra. Yeah. 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 I, I read recently that um, the re a relationship, really having a relationship with your work, with your employer, really helps enhance that sense of accountability because it comes intrinsically rather than mm -hmm. extrinsically. So I feel like that's kind of what you're describing mm -hmm. um, in terms of creating that culture and rallying behind that, that mantra and that vision. Well, then you have to hire and seek out that expertise. I mean, mm -hmm. skills many people have, and we've, we've, We've interviewed many folks who could fill a role really well, mm -hmm. but culturally, yeah. didn't just quite fit. you know, right. th you know, they were there for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. Or you know, if people want to build a career at the community foundation and be a ladder climber, yeah. we're thirteen people, fourteen people. There, <laughs> yeah. There's no ladder, but right. it is really fulfilling work. Yeah. Right, um, we're pretty flat, but mm -hmm. we're very interdependent. Mm -hmm. So That's great, I, this is a, you know, fabulous discussion and. For us, I know for Heather and I, just hearing from you about the great work that you guys are doing, the process that you go that you go through with the people that are involved, and it's just a, very inspiring to us. And we're, I'm just going to say, we're very lucky to have you here in mm -hmm. our community because you've done wonderful things, wonderful things. Your sign is everywhere, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it takes it takes all of us to make participate in that success, yeah. and and every day we're got to be committed to it. How did your um, past work experience <laughs> sort of inform you and in, in the work that you do today? Well, those that know me uh, when I came to this role were kind of shocked uh, and saying, what are you going to do with the Community Foundation? You know, it was a very hard left turn okay. from where I had been. And I'm an urban planner. Urban design is my, my background. Um, and I worked at the utility for 12 years um, doing community and economic development. And you know running the region which you know was another big big um shift from my skill set mm -hmm. uh and then i was uh, up at suny poly for three years building a clean room wow. Um, oh wow so it's crazy this this role when i think about my journey uh and my career has never just been kind of set mm -hmm. I, i've always kind of fallen into the next role for for personal or professional reasons but I'd say mostly personal. Mm -hmm. I came to Utica because I met my husband, Bob Dix. Mm -hmm. He's from Whitesboro. Started at NIMO at the time, National Grid. When I had children, I didn't want to travel as much. SUNY Poly came up. Mm -hmm. That was a good fit. Mm -hmm. I kept me home more. Mm -hmm. um, SUNY Poly, that role had me on the road again, going to Buffalo for projects. So uh, this community foundation came, and it wasn't a good fit. It was kind of like, ah, I I don't know if I'm, I'm not, I don't understand the, the fund structure, the philanthropy background. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know all about nonprofits, but um, mm -hmm. this was, 
hard for me to kind of fit my, right. my in my own mind. So I said I'd give it 100 days, um, and now it's been eight years. <laughs> but the work prior was, it was always about community building, if I think about the roles I've had. In utility, you're, you're trying to bring power to your community and help your community thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And always looking for opportunities of growth and, and energy efficiency. And so it, I had the, the opportunity to be in every manufacturing plant in upstate New York because wow. of that role. I was yeah. in every community in upstate New York doing community development. So wow. I think it, it opened many relationships that have really helped me in this role as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then the SUNY Poly role was all about bringing opportunity in the new economy to our community mm-hmm. and opening that next-gen employment to, to you know, quite frankly, a region that hadn't seen growth in decades. Right. Um, and now what the sweet spot for me here is making sure that opportunity is even further accessible for the marginalized and vulnerable populations are usually that are typically left out of mm-hmm. new economy roles, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. women, people of color, newcomers. So making sure that we're opening those doors and, and um, overcoming the stigmas that, you know, they feel that there's no space there. Yeah. The, I mean, obviously here at the Arcanetta Lewis, we completely understand the importance of inclusion mm-hmm. and people who have been marginalized, um, you know, for, yeah. for hundreds of years really and just having them part of the business community we have we're in several businesses we have a wonderful partnership with Matt's Brewery and a, a number of different um, businesses uh, here in the state but it is important to make sure that everybody is included and in, that you have that wide range yeah. and, mm-hmm. and that wide vision and I if you don't you, you miss out on so many opportunities yeah, and I think the industries have identif- self-identified that. Many of them are looking inside and saying, "We're," especially in the tech economies, it's mostly white and it's male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're all working to diversify their labor force. And um, so they're at the table and interested in, in this work of right. collaborating and, and opening those, um, those doors up for the more vulnerable, vulnerable or those that just, you know, would even think of going into the clean room or, or mm-hmm. a cyber security firm or, you know, there, there are ways to get people through those pipelines uh, trained. And, and it's not a four-year or master's degree. Sometimes it's a certification or a two-year mm-hmm. degree. Right. Um, so it, there's opportunity and we want to make sure it's available for all. You know, you guys um, have helped get the LMV program off the ground and the Center for Leadership Excellence. And Karen and I are both grads of LMV, yeah. uh, which is a wonderful program. But I had never heard before of Neighborhoods Rising until I went to the graduation for LMV. <laughs> And another program that falls under that CLE umbrella. And I have to think that that's a great way to kind of reach out to the populations you're describing and help them see where that seat at the table is. Absolutely. And we, when CLE was getting kind of up and running with the um, LMV model coming into MVCC, a lot of acronyms, I'm sorry. I was going to say Mohawk Valley Community College, Center for Leadership Excellence. (laughs) Um, We're a major funder. You know, uh, we we said to uh, Randy and his team that, you know, the Center for Leadership Excellence is is critical. We need to help people understand what it means to be a board member, a Mm -hmm. leader in their organization, a leader in their community. 
but we need to develop something for neighborhood leadership development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where Neighborhood Rising came yep. from. And they they figured it out, they followed through, and now they have, uh, we have a few of their graduates on our board already. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, so I mean, it's, you know, we, we come up with these ideas because we see the overall need again. And the continuum, right. yeah. If we invest correctly with the right partners and, and they take that to heart, I mean, they're, they're doing some incredible work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're so proud of what they're doing at CLE. Yeah. I think that's awesome. We, I, I'm an alum of MV, so I'm always like so proud of everything they do, and I talk about it all the time. That's great to hear. You know? <laughs> and um, but I just, I just love the programs that they have at CLE. I mean, we we send so many people of our staff through all the variety of programs that they have, and I love the board leadership mm-hmm. series they had. That was it's, fantastic. You know, it's so important. Oh, um, there really are so many who are. You know, I, the articles I see on the national philanthropic stage are all about dysfunctional boards. I mean, right. they're, they're like almost a dime a dozen now. Mm-hmm. Their boards are just dysfunctional. And, it, and until I took this role, I didn't understand the importance of governance. And, I, I, and I've said this at CLE at their openings almost every year. If you're going to be in nonprofit work, in real estate, it's location, location, location. In nonprofit, it's governance, governance, governance. Right. And if you don't have a hold on your governance and your and the trustees around your board or your board members aren't, you know, trained or adept to the work that right. they're mm-hmm. sitting there for, um, you're going to have problems. Right. So right. it it is critical that training is is just great to have back in our region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, listening through the first one that I participated in of the board uh, meetings was uh, the the board education. I was at a lacrosse game actually, and I share with our listeners <laughs> your fellow cross lovers. So I'm torn. I'm in the car watching my child play, listening to this fantastic content, and talk about a real Sophie's choice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, you got both done. That's right. That's right. Though I t- could have done a little more coaching from the sidelines. Mul- multi multitasking moms. <laughs> yes, What's power some? to the moms. Yes. So you had mentioned that, you know, one of your um, greatest accomplishments has been, you know, creating a, a strong um, staff presence, the culture, the skills, relationship with the board members. What else would you say, though, is is really on your top list of things that you are most proud of in um, your current position? I think it's it's the change we've made in how we invest in our community. and. I say that because it was really hard. Um, there's a lot of fear in that change that, you know, people are going to think we're out of money. People are going to think we're, you know, we're giving to too many big projects. Or um, There was a lot of fear in, in the change. And, I, you know, I didn't do it alone. I, I didn't have this vision alone. We, 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 but the, the leadership, the board said, you know, let's, we don't know how to do this, but let's really try to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and they stuck with me, and you know, some were turned off the board that the timing was right. Some mm-hmm. left the organization for whatever reason that timing was right mm-hmm. for us to really commit to this new way of working. Yeah. And um, there were many times, and I and I tell the story all the time. The first few years, there were many days I walked out of that building and said, "That's that's the last day I'm coming in here." Wow, you know, it yeah. was it was really hard, and yeah. a lot of folks, you know, just kind of say, "Oh, you did it." Okay, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like when you go through 
a death and everybody knows you're going to be okay but you still got to go through the grieving sure yeah. and i feel like we did a lot of yeah. grieving right. in that process right. to get through what what felt like really tight tunnels of time yeah um and you know it's gonna it it's always there that challenge is always there to mm-hmm. keep improving and um meet meet demands and grow our endowment and there was fear that you know donors aren't going to like our new work or donors aren't going to like that we're standing up for certain things like MVHS being downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took we took some risks, and I have to tell you, every year we've gotten better and better. We've had banner development years where um, I think we're, our whole team is just surprised how donors are coming to us and saying we want to be with you, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And yeah. agencies. So yeah. it's been a phenomenal response, and that's how I know we're doing the right thing. Yeah, it's because nice. people are recognizing the outcomes and saying we want to be part of that. You know, one of the things that I think is so fantastic that you guys do is you put out your publication and you update everyone on what's going Mm -hmm. on with the Community Foundation in the community. And it does a fantastic job of telling those stories Mm -hmm. and really helps those who read it to become more ambassadors of this is the good work that the Community Foundation is doing. Because a random person on the street might not be thinking about the Community Mm -hmm. Foundation like we are because we're dialed into that, you know, sort of world. Um, but to be able to allow them to understand what's going on behind the scenes and why that function is so important to have in our community, right smack dab on Genesee Street, right. you know. Well, we had a trustee a while back that said, you know, I want everyone in this community to know who we are. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, well, how, how do we do that? You know, it's right. not billboards and commercials. Door all, to door. <laughs> although we did a commercial in a time where we needed to build some hope. And mm-hmm. I think that that did get us on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great commercial. The The message was really powerful. Um, but it was, you know, germane to the work in general, not to celebrating the work of the, of the nonprofits we're supporting. Right. And that's really what you guys are reading in mm-hmm. these these newsletters is your work. Right. And sharing all the great work that our partners are able to do, um, whether they're doing it together, like our lead coalition, or um, finding new ways to deal with um, some of the poverty and childcare mm-hmm. issues, you know, all these crises that we've had, you know, the COVID fund, um, we're finding great opportunities for folks to come together. So the stories are rolling out e- with ease. Right. Um, but I, I do feel there's a higher awareness of the work. And when I talk to peers across the US that do the same work, that mm-hmm. are community foundation, there aren't that many that are doing it the way we're doing it. Interesting. Wow. It's it's kind of that feels a little scary, but mm-hmm. also a little rewarding that you know we took some risks and they were hard. The road. They were definitely hard, yeah. um, but I think they they're, they're proven mm-hmm. to be worthwhile. It's a trailblazer, right? Yes. I mean that's mm-hmm. really it's amazing. It's it's fantastic, and you know the way that that everybody is coming together and collaborating and getting things done. And making such positive changes, you know, I mean, that's that's what we see. It's magnificent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, most recently, the project that you guys have going mm-hmm. on in Cornhill yeah. mm-hmm. is a great example of the that's collaboration right. and right. looking at all the different parameters that are going on and saying, how do we bring this together? Um, and that that's really a result of listening to our residents through mm-hmm. resident engagement and, and finding that there were there was no real space for, for them for programming, innovation, mm-hmm. opportunity. So that's how this impact center concept developed over time. And, you know, it's interesting. Our old world of working would have been find a partner, build it, and find someone to run it. Mm-hmm. We have worked with the state. We've worked with national endowments. We've worked with the county exec, the mayor, 
all of our local officials, which, you know, in our past, we've had relationships, but we never really had this tight working relationship. Sure. Um, I think we're so much better with uh, this this infrastructure of or, or network or mm-hmm. web of support of each other mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody's buying into some of these concepts and saying, well, how can we help? Or Right. So the county, for example, has a, a plethora of services that they can deploy in these centers for resident, you know, engagement. So close access. Right, which is travel, walkable. Which is an at, issue. Because transportation was the number one mm-hmm. issue for many of these residents in whatever they were trying to access. Right. Um, whether it is programming or training or education or work or right so how do we meet their demands and also create a vibrant neighborhood right so it's all about working with the city to get funds for better streets safer lot brighter mm-hmm. pocket parks a history trail a fitness trail like what what can we introduce to make Cornhill a destination right in, right. in the future and not something that you know we're, we're, well, we're all scratching our head on because in decades there's been very little investment and our goal is um we'd like to see over a hundred million dollars of investment in that neighborhood when we're within the next few years and and i think we can get there Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely what um i just have one final question and then we gotta head to the the um lightning round questions darn it karen you know i I could talk all day i know me too (laughs) i I just i love hearing our guests have been so fascinating and it's been wonderful to have you here um the question I have is, you know, how, let's say there is a um, a young, a teenage girl listening right now who's interested in uh, maybe becoming a leader one day. What advice would you give her? Oh, great question. Big question. <laughs> well, I mean, if somebody is of that ilk, they, they've got to find people to talk to and get, be, I hate, I don't hate the word mentor. I don't want to say you need to find a mentor, but... Um, finding people that you can just start talking to yeah. and saying, I, this is my aspiration, mm-hmm. or how do I get it more involved so that I can kind of test my skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we love internships. We, we, we try to get youth uh, engaged in all sorts of different levels. Um, but if anyone has you know, an interest in leading, I, I have an interest in talking to them. Okay. And we, we talk to a lot of people who, even uh, young professionals who move back to the area or want sure. to, or saying, yeah. you know, what do you know? Because I don't know where there's jobs. And mm-hmm. um, I think that we're getting better at that now. But um, I hear this a lot from, you know, I have two young uh, teenage daughters, <laughs> and a lot of their friends will say things, you know, like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I, you know. Yeah. Um, but my goal is that they know there's opportunity here so how do how do we open those doors and get them talking to somebody who who might be of interest Mm -hmm. to them that's right um and then also finding great teachers and yeah i i know a lot of them and Mm -hmm. i just uh, adore them and uh i think that they can really provide mentorship for a lot of these young talented i agree students I see that actually in my daughter's um, elementary school here locally. They have um, teachers that um, ha- are mentors, and they spend time with individual students. It's fantastic. And my oh, daughter's uh, part of that, and she loves yeah. it. You know, yeah. She loves yeah. the teacher that she has, and, and it's such a great you know, opportunity. But that's the start of a journey that you, know, you, you have no idea where that's going to end up, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a start. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. And sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just a yeah. little, just a little push. Just a little right? push. Well, just thank you for push. answering that. Appreciate yeah, that's that. that's fascinating. I have I have one more too, just real quick before the lightning round. Eight years down, how many more to go? Do you have a and do you have a vision for what the <laughs> next eight years are going to bring? Um, or a wish list. Well, I want us to fulfill the Impact Center neighborhood revitalization work, which will take a while. We have mm -hmm. an, a 10-year equity commitment that I'd like to see build out mm -hmm. and, and, and show some uh, promise. Um, we have a lot of work to do, uh, so I don't really see a horizon. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Right. I have, I have a, a sophomore in high school. I'm, I'm here for a while. Um, <laughs> and I have no plans of retiring down south. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of love yeah, it up here to, to everybody's surprise. <laughs> um, and that's the, that's the number one thing I, I really love to convey because I'm not from the area, but mm -hmm. a lot of my family will say, what are you doing up there? You know, it's, mm -hmm. they think, you know, anything north of Rothman County is, is cow country. Sure. <laughs> um, but when they visit, you know, it, it's lovely and they love it. And I'm like, I, it's not the weather. People will say the weather is horrible, but right. there's a whole economy north of us called Canada, and right. they celebrate winter. We we need to celebrate it better. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it, it's a great community. It's a great area of the state too to be in. Yeah. It really is. It really is. And I I love and have to thank you for rejuvenating that love and all the people you talk to as well. Mm -hmm. Just even my LMV class, you yeah. you really are such a cheerleader for our area, and that's nice for me because I feel like I often am, and sometimes you feel like you're the only one that's out there shaking the pom-poms. Very right? often, yeah. um, and the other, I think this job did teach me one lesson is, you know, we, I listen, we listen to everybody, and a lot of people don't agree, and mm -hmm. that's okay, especially in our region, um, but I, I have to put the negative on the side, or the mm -hmm. people who just, uh, it's so funny, uh, somebody just in, in a discussion we had said, I hate Utica. And I thought, okay, well, all right. Start with that. <laughs> but I know where he's, that person sits mm -hmm. in my world, and I right. mm -hmm. I have to listen and still be mindful of them, right. but um, I'm really just not going to focus on that yeah. negative anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I think many of us in the region have focused on it too long because that's all we heard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, so. that's that's a great lesson. Well, we're going to move into what we call our lightning round questions, oh, which no. are kind of a little more fun, and there is no buzzer or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of this stuff gets to be kind of heavy and complex answers, and these are just kind of fun, simple things. So um, the first one we would like to ask you is uh, name a woman leader, a female leader who inspires you and why. Um, I have many, and, uh, you know, I just read this um book about the mothers of um, Martin Luther King, and oh. uh, it was fascinating. Oh. So I would say Coretta Scott King is, is up there right now, but I really want to answer this differently. I have a friend who's a teacher who was one of these women I just mm -hmm. mentioned mm -hmm. who just went through breast cancer, and her, her way of dealing with this um, episode in her life and her stamina mm -hmm. and her positivity with her students because she's a teacher um, was absolutely outstanding wow. and she just lifted us all up even wow. through some of the hardest moments and you know we talk about the fact that you still got to go through mm -hmm. that you know that dark time but she just was an amazing mentor mm -hmm. and um, so I, I look up to her so much right now because I, I just cannot believe her her courage 
Mm-hmm. I, I think and it's an everyday people yeah. everywhere. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer, too, because it reminds us that a leader isn't necessarily based on your title. And I think that's a great message for anybody who's listening, and certainly for the young girls that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. You can well, still be a leader. And, and uh, I'll mention her name because she is a teacher, and if anybody in the Clinton School District is looking for her, it's Wendy Colburn, and they oh, should nice. seek her out. She's okay. fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Great. That's awesome. So the next question, what is your favorite vacation destination? <laughs> Well, I have to probably say Disney. Yeah, because we're a Disney family. <laughs> um, but my favorite place is um, is Italy. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where in Italy? Um, on the east coast, uh, near Sorrento oh. and Amalfi oh. Coast. Oh, Have you just, there often? We were there. Um, my mother's from Patina, which is in that region. Yeah. Um, so when we went there a couple years ago, my first time, the, our family went, and um, I fell in love. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Big right. lemons, big oranges, yes. great food, great people, fresh and food, beautiful all the sun. Oh. So, oh, how nice! You yeah. have to get back there soon. That's yeah, on my list. I would love to have that lifestyle yeah. here. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Say, lovey. That's why it's vacation. That's right. right. Play that's the right. Mega Millions. <laughs> no. The the last thing, and maybe this is the the answer. It just came from there, but uh, share one thing on your bucket list. I don't know if I have a bucket list. I thought I saw this question and I, you know, I'm like, well, I could travel. You know, I, I want to go to Sicily. I haven't mm-hmm. been there or Greece, but um, actually, I really just want to remain healthy until the day I die. So I don't know how I'm going to do that, but that's yeah. my bucket list item. That's a great bucket list item. <laughs> that's that's like pretty comprehensive, I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah so. Well, well, it's hard to do. Well, thank you so much for coming um, to talk with us. Again, I, I, I wrote down before again that creating that significant social impact, I just, I love that phrase. I love mm-hmm. how that encapsulates what you do there. And I just want to say, you know, personally, and then also as a resident of this community, thank you. Yes, thank you so much for everything that you've been doing and have done and will do. <laughs> um, we would love to have you back on again to just hear more about, you know, the, the specific projects that you're working on and what would you like to share with people and um, you know, it's it's a wonderful partnership that we've had with you, and we very much appreciate that. Well, it goes right back to you guys, too, and the work that you do. You Thank do you. it well, and i um, really proud of partnering with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Disclaimer, the views, ideas, and opinions expressed in this podcast are only those of the individuals involved and do not reflect the official policy or position of the ARC Oneida Lewis chapter, the ARC New York, or any other agency, organization, employer, or company.